Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mesechas Yuvamos for Daf Shavua Daf Chaf Beis, and I shall welcome Shalom Baum back and thank Binyamin Pfeiffer, our phenomenal pastor, rabbinic intern, for giving this year and the last four weeks. I had the great pleasure of Asukas catching up, and now I'm up to everyone else on Yuvamos Daf Chaf Beis. As we've been doing throughout this Masechta, we try to deal with a, a major issue on every daf, at least when one comes up. Uh, the last thing we had discussed was intermarriage back on daf Yudzayin. And sure enough, here on daf Chaf Beis, we have a major issue that I want to at least uh, give you a window into and how this translates halacha lamasa. The Gemara started, uh, actually continues the discussion of the Shneos Lairayas, how Chazal, specifically Rebchia, right, added on to protect uh, the sanctity of family, marriage, institution, Kedusha, especially post-Sinai. And then we get into the question of what is the relationship between a family member and a convert? What do I mean? Let's say there would be a situation, which we'll see as Halach Lamasa a little bit later in the year, where a woman converts, she already had a child, let's say it's a husband and a wife, each of them convert, they would have to get remarried. And how about that child who also goes through a conversion, whether as an adult or as a ger katan, which uh, we'll get into a little bit later on in this Masechta, Alpi Das Bezdin, What's the familial relationship between all these different parties? And uh, more specifically, in a situation where an individual converts and the rest of his or her family does not convert, what's the connection between the ger and the gioras and the other family members? Obviously, in America, everyone's going to still say they're part of the same family. It's my mother, it's my father. But we have this very, what seems like a very radical statement, which is codified la It's the very, uh, towards the end of Dachaf Beis Amad Aleph, right before the Mishnah, V'ger shenizkayer kikatan shenola dami. That a convert is as if they are reborn. What exactly does this mean and how does this translate la There's obviously something theological that's taking place, if you want to look at it on the positive side, Rev. Aaron Lichtenstein, it's in Leaves of Faith, Volume 2, has a very important piece. It's called On Conversion. He deals with some of the technical aspects of Geras Bisman Hazeh. But in the beginning of his piece, and I didn't pick up on this on my own, he focuses on the positive aspect of the statement. And we have a similar formulation in Medrash Rabbah that there's a renewal. It's as if starting life all over again under tachas kanfei hashchina. What we have to deal with, halacha is some of the challenges that this may pre- present. The Gemara here, of course, entertains the possibility on a deraisa level, and maybe even on a drabana level, until we take a different approach, that there would be absolutely no relationship and there could be what in other situations would be considered to be incest. And when it comes down to it, and it's a very important toast for us, erva, Dirya erva, you find this also if you connect a couple of Rashis, that there are two reasons why we don't allow such marriages 
to take place. And there's a big discussion, the rice of the Rabbanan, it looks like from Aragamar it's the Rabbanan, but there's a lot more to say when you go through the Rishonim. And the two reasons, and one would have to explain why you need both reasons. I want to point out, I don't know if I've mentioned before, that we have the Shiurim of Rav Reichman, who's a Rosh Shiva Yeshiva University, based on teachings from Rabbi Salavechik on Masechas Yivamas. Phenomenal, and on, on these dapim, has just phenomenal, phenomenal insights why we need both of these teachings, but we're going to push that aside now. The first approach is we don't want to give the impression of Bayin Mikdusha Hamura Likdusha Kala, that a person, when they were not Jewish, would have some type of stricter, more severe sanctity, and now that they convert, has a weaker sanctity, which means beforehand, no one out on the street marries a sister, marries a child, marries whatever the other types of arayas we have, in the, even the shniosla arayas. So now that you're a Jew, you're able to do those things because you're no longer technically connected. That in itself is phenomenal. We'll see how Ramosha understands this. And then as we uh, get closer towards the, the Mishnah, the second formulation, which is, is really more, sounds like on the surface, more of a deterrent, is we don't want to have confusion. People are going to see that a Jew is able to marry a sibling or uh, whatever exactly the, the relationship is, hard to almost imagine it, then people would think that this is allowed even within our own community. So it's less of uh, an inherent issue, both according to reason number one and reason number two, and we'll have to see how this is dealt with halacha So again, the first reason giving is the bayamikdush hamura lukdushakala, and the second is because dilma asi lichlufe. Bottom line is Rashi and definitely Tosfos holds both opinions. Now, before I get into some of the practical situations that at least I've had to deal with, and what I want to do today is I'm going to share with you two chuvos. One from Rabbi Avadia, Yechitzak Lavracha, another from Ramosha, Yechitzak Lavracha, and try to point down through those two chuvos some very practical ways to understand this Gemara, how this Gemara is brought, Lamasa, but also some huge chidushim that they have based on other achronim and rishonim. But I, I wanted to just, I took a flip through the Chashuk Echemet of Rav Zilberstein. And he has a fascinating uh, insight here about the idea that we don't want to give the impression that somehow when a person is not Jewish, they'd be on a higher level of sanctity than when they become Jewish. It, it undermines exactly what should be communicated. And he gives a pretty wild case, as we often find in the Chashug Echemet, of a woman who is a uh, prutza. It sounds like a woman who was known for having a bad reputation, being promiscuous, and then she becomes a Giora, she becomes a Jew. From our perspective, especially in light of this Gemara, and that's why I assume the Chashuki Chemet brings it on this daf, is, you know, she's a new person now, she's a Balas Tshuva. The problem is, is that in the non-Jewish world, she was defined as a Prutza, and listen to this, what Rav Zilberstein says, is even in the non-Jewish world, people wouldn't marry such a woman, that they have standards, they wouldn't want to marry such a prude to such a promiscuous woman. 
So he really goes back and forth, and his bottom line is twofold. Number one, if she still has that reputation, even though she has repented and she's gone through as a balastruva, he suggests to men that they should go in a different direction. But then he says so beautifully that even the non-Jewish world, even if they don't have a total sense of what conversion is, there is respect for people that have changed. We, I think it's true, especially in America, right? It's a society that appreciates change, the story of someone going from being one way to the other way. And he says so beautifully that non-Jews know Tanakh, and they know the story at the beginning of Sefer Yehoshua. It's one of the reasons I'm bringing it up today, because it connects to the Torah reading from Simplest Torah, the, the uh, Haftorah, of the story of Rachav. Rachav was the Zona. And she came under the influence, Tachas Kanfei Hashchina, and that becomes a heroine, not just for the Jewish world, but for the non-Jewish world as well. In a tshuva that I'm going to show you a little bit later, Reb Moshe discusses this concept of going from Kedusha, Bayim Kedusha, Hamura L'Kedusha Kala, as a me'en chilo Hashem, which is very consistent with what Rav Zilberstein is saying. So it's actually a kiddush Hashem if we're able to see someone change. And if it's especially because of their change to Judaism, they were able to undergo this change, not just in how they behave with the technical mitzvahs, but in their whole moral fabric. In addition to the Gemara here in Yavamis, dealing with this issue. We're going to deal with it again later on. So we still have a lot more to say. We won't cover everything. Uh, one of the big issues of how this comes up and understanding the genealogy, the connection between the ger and his or her parent, or if you have a ger who converts, someone converts and a child converts, also comes up as far as Yerusha. It's a big sugya in Masechus um, Kedushin, Yud Zayin Amabez. We'll also deal with later on, and I'm going to hold off on most of the issues of Pruvu, how that works out. That's going to be a topic later on, on Samach Bez in Masechus Yuvamas. Person had children before converting. Do those children count as far as the mitzvah of Pruvu? Parent converts with children. But if we say that everyone now is new, then is there a mitzvah of peruvu that has already been fulfilled? Now, if you look at the bottom line, and this is what I'm going to address most of the rest of the year today, is in Hilchas Kibbut Aim Hilchas Avelus. So this covers a lot of different areas of halacha. But I'll give you a bottom line statement that sounds, uh, what's the term they use now, draconian? Uh, you have someone, we're going to call him Ruvain, converts. His son, Yankel, converts, now has the name Yankel. They don't mourn for each other because of our Gemara. If you look at the Ber Hagola, Ber Hagola is one of the ancestors of the great Vilna Gon, in Yer Deasim Shinai and Dal Tzivkat Yud, quotes from our Gemara, 
The Gershon is Gairakatan Shinoladami. Avelos is on relatives, and the two are not relatives. Now, this raises a whole set of issues because the bottom line is usually you would see some form, many forms of Avelos in that situation. So, I want to share two chuvos, as I mentioned, and try to give you some insights that come from the chuvos, and there's a lot more to say. Hopefully, we'll get to this later on in Masechus Yuvamas as well. So Rabbi Vadya has a tshuva in Yichavadas, the last chel, chel of Simon Samach. And the question that came to him, It's a question of being a mishaberach lecholim, or special tefillah, the child wants to say for his, by what we'll call biological parent, who is not Jewish. And then, it's not clear if it's the same question, same person asking the question, or the same general category. If Rachman Lutzlan, the non-Jew, passes away, could the Jews say Kaddish for such an individual? Now, the first issue as far as asking a question to Davin and say, why can't you Davin for someone? So the bottom line is you can Davin for almost anyone. But there is a whole realm that Baruch Hashem doesn't really have such shaykhs to us today of davening for someone that's actively involved in Avodah Zarah. So I'm pointing this question out and the answer because Ravadya gets into a fascinating analysis of religion, compares uh, Islam with Christianity, talks about the fact that the Rambam was a doctor for and healed non-Jews who were Yishma'elam while he was in Mitzrayim. And the bottom line is, and, and Ravadi over here talks about, and he relies even on those opinions that say that Christianity, at least for a Christian, is not considered to be Avodah Zarah. Now this doesn't mean that even if it was Avodah Zarah, there would be no basis for praying for the healing of an Avodah Zarah, but it would be a little bit more challenging to come to that. What I'm most interested in focusing on is what this leads Ravadya to say. And what this leads Ravadya to say is, I would use the term, we don't accept that there's a cancel culture, that we totally sever the familial relationship between parent who's non-Jewish and convert who is Jewish, and it seems like la halacha, they have no connection. Ravadya says that's not true. And he uses a fascinating term, especially in light of what we've been studying in Sechaz Yavamish. Again, I don't know if he meant this term to be the same. It's obviously not identical, but he says, There still is a bond. I think that's what he means by it. There's a bond. If not a halachic bond, you can't just cancel out the whole relationship. And he starts to talk about what is brought down in uh, a number of sources that we know going back to the beginning of the creation story of Hakar Satov. And Lahalacha, he brings down from Evna Ezer Simon Aleph, where there's an Isser to be Mikalo Avivimo, Afapishahim Rishaim Gemurim. He says if that's true when it comes to Rishaim Gemurim, then it's true also when it comes to non Jews and listen to the formulation. And this actually is in the, I'm quoting you straight out from the Ber Hetev, See, the Ber Hetev is focusing more on what Argamar says that 
it, it would look bad, what I call before a quasi Hashem. But Revavadya in the tshuva is focusing more on the Hakaris Hatov aspect, where Moshe actually picks up even more on the Hakaris Hatov. And we'll, we'll see a little bit if we get to the Ramosha piece, how he takes that even a step further than Revavadya. But Revavadya has another piece, which I think is very fascinating. See, there's a very famous machlokas. This is Shalom Baum's introduction between the Rambam and the Chinuch, between the Ramban and the Sefer HaChinuch on the basis of Kibbalah Aim. The Sefer HaChinuch, it's HaKar what the parent did for us. So clearly that would apply in these situations, Jew or non-Jew. But what's interesting is that the Ramban says it's because of the Mesorah, the parents that brought us to the Mesorah. And I always thought that works out very nicely if one has parents that have brought them to the Masorah. But how about a Baal Tshuva? They don't have to do it according to the Ramban? How about a Ger in our situation? So Ravavadya, and maybe you could use this Ramban, the Ravavadya says, The child not only is allowed to daven for the healing of their non-Jewish parent, but he suggests it should be done because if not for them, the child will not be tachas kanfei hashchina, ulchaye hanetzach. The bottom line, if you weren't born, you convert, were not born, you never would have had the opportunity to become a ger. So Rebbe and that's why I'm spending so much time on it, it's true that you're technically, as the Gemara says right before the Mishnah, you're a new katan. But remember where you came from. And if you hadn't gone through that process and you didn't have a parent, Jew or non-Jew, you never would have had the opportunity to get to this moment. It's incredible. And then he says that you have a certain responsibility to this parent. That's where the Kaddish comes up, that you should do whatever's possible to save your parent from Gehenna. And he even brings up the past, so he says Kaddish is definitely okay. He's not going to say that it's an obligation, but you know the history of Kaddish, as we find it in Masechus Smachos, is to elevate our loved ones who are gone through our positive actions, through Kaddish, based on a mice with Rabbi Akiva. And he says, okay, you shouldn't necessarily take the, every Kaddish away from someone who is a Jew and whose parent was Jewish. The Rambam is discussing over here a situation where you only have one person saying Kaddish. But he says you could take some of those. And definitely today, where everyone's saying Kaddish, there, actually, there absolutely would be no problem. The question comes to me sometimes as far as sitting Shiva. And I say to the people, again, all things being equal, you don't have a Chiv to sit Shiva, but it's respectful to do so in some form. Ravadi talks about, in, in this fascinating tshuva, that he, he keeps coming back to how we have to have hakar satov. He says, v'gam charvona zachar latov. So don't let the Gemara Mesechas Yivamos stand in the way of these basic values. That's Ravadi's tshuva, and there's more to say on it. I wanted to just quickly point out some of the tremendous insights from Ramosha's tshuva, which is I want to give you the exact place. This is Chelek Basim and Kuflamid in Yerodea. And here's the situation again. The entry point for this question is a Gioris whose mother becomes sick. The main Chilik between Revavadya and Ramosha, and I wouldn't say it's a Chilik, 
But the main place where, where Ramosha focuses on is not just Hakar Zatov, but by not connecting, and he's talking at the end of the tshuva, we're not, only, not only when a person is sick, but by not having a relationship with the parent, <coughs> if you've converted, he says, true, you have to be careful to make sure the, your kids are going to go visit them, they have to keep kosher, shouldn't fall under a negative influence, which is a, an issue it could be even with Jewish people. But not only is there a problem of a lack of hakar satov, but especially kafoitov. He points to our parsha Bereshus, that that was one of the problems with Adam and Chava, there was a lack of appreciation of Gan Eden, what they had. And he says, even if you're not going to find technically a mitzvah in the Torah or a violation of the Torah that, that's kafoitov, Judaism is a lot more than just checking the boxes. We have a moral system, and that's part of the fundamental part of being life. To be kafoitov to someone who has brought you into this world would be not just a chil Hashem, which he does allude to, but it undermines one's humanity. It challenges who we are, not just a question of who the other person is. This brought to mind, to me, <coughs> the interesting question about why there's no bracha on the mitzvah of kibbutz ve'im. Why is there no bracha? You know, the Rambam happens to say, which I didn't have time to go through every single opinion, in Hilchas Mamrim, Hey Yud Aleph, the Rambam talks about kibbutz ve'im for a non-Jewish parent as well. He calls it, he doesn't say it's full kibbutz ve'im, but it's a form of kibbutz ve'im because you're not going to have every technical aspect being there. So the question that the Erzeroah raises is why no bracha? You can't just say because it's a Bein Machavera. We also see, as I mentioned before, there's a Bein Al-Makom aspect to it. So the Erzeroah says we don't say a bracha on anything that is so fundamental to life. When you say, that's something that has to be unique to a Jew. Every non-Jew also understands in their basic being that you have to express gratitude to a parent and therefore there's no bracha. It doesn't undermine the strength of the mitzvah. It's just that it's so obvious that you wouldn't need a bracha. It's not something that distinguishes us from the non-Jewish world. There's a lot more to say on this topic. Be'ez Ras Hashem will continue with Maseches Yuvamis.